16 through 17, I'm going to talk to you about the new you. Everybody say the new you. And uh, in order to get to the new you, I'm going to say, speak a little bit about the old you. And uh, so, so here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 uh, through 17, I'm in the New King James. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So God's telling Adam, this is just Adam, by the way, the, the dude. He's standing there, and uh, God's telling him this. And he said, on the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. We know that on the day that he ate, he didn't die physically, but he died spiritually. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about your former condition before you became the new you, okay? So uh, Grandpa Adam, he actually um, uh, failed this command. God gave him miserably, as we know. Uh, we, we call this the fall of man um, because literally Adam had inside of him all humanity. Uh, literally all the human race was inside of him because, uh, uh, because it is the man that carries the seed, uh, that, that carries the blood that carried the curse when they fell. Uh, we're going to go into the story just a little bit briefly. Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. I liked it in the New Living Translation. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say? Okay, so we know how Satan rolls. This is his MO. He comes to undermine God's word. You name it. He comes to undermine, distort, uh, water down, and diminish the Word of God in your life. Isn't that right? And so, so you can really start with anything, you know, whether it be healing, prosperity, whether it be your salvation, you know, or whether you can actually really serve God, you know. He comes after everything. He's no respecter of any area. If we will believe Him, any aspect of it, then it diminishes what God has already said concerning you. Isn't that right? And uh, so, so, so he said, did God really say? In verse 2 it says, of course we, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, said the woman. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Verse 4, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So we know Satan tells a blatant, outright lie right there. Isn't that right? Saying you, contradicting God, saying you won't die. But in fact, for sure, that's what took place. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted, to, uh, wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband. Remember, God spoke to Adam, right? He gave Adam the command. Now, he did tell her, or she would have known what to, the conversation with Satan. But he was the one responsible for humanity. And that's, that's we're going to see a little bit later. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. So he's standing there through the whole thing. And he ate it as well. So, so Adam, looking at the naked woman, I'm not sure what the distraction was, but he did not do what God said. I mean, honestly, the, the serpent came in. God told him, uh, and I'm not saying telling the whole story, but he said it's to take dominion over everything. That's what God told him, commanded him to do. Take dominion. There were things outside the garden that needed to be dominated, a.k.a. Satan, right, comes in as a serpent. Instead of giving the serpent his heel and driving it into the ground and pressing on in the garden, we'd all be naked in the garden right now. And so, so that didn't happen. And so he, 
in so doing, died spiritually, sold the whole human race out into sin. And so we all are now, uh, when we came into this world, we were born into sin. Because the man carries the seed, that carries the blood, that carried the curse. And this is why Jesus could not come through natural birth. He had to bypass natural birth. And when God talked to Satan after that event, when they fell, and he said to the, uh, to the serpent or to Satan, he said, the woman's seed shall bruise your head. Wait a minute. Women don't carry seed. The man carries the seed. But he said the woman's seed. Why? He was already speaking of an immaculate conception that God would father this baby. And we, we understand that, that this is how redemption works. This is how God moves. His Holy Spirit comes on us. Isn't that right? When the woman said, how can this be so? I have not known a man. And the Holy Spirit said to her, or, or the angel said to her, which virtually, literally, God saying to her that the Holy Spirit will come on you. This is how it will happen. Literally, this is how God works. This is how redemption flows into the earth to this very day. That the Holy Spirit comes on us and redemption, his goodness, flows through us. And so going back to this event, so we know that uh, Adam sinned. He died spiritually. She was dead spiritually. They got together and made dead spiritual babies. And this was the pattern. Listen, if you're born in the United States of America, that makes you an American. If you're born in another country, it makes you that country a citizen. Isn't that right? So they were, we were all born in death. We were citizens of death. There was no hope for humanity. No one was without sin. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, says Romans chapter 3. It says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All humanity was sold out into sin. There was no one who could save us. There was no one who could rescue us. So the only way that could happen is if God got involved. But in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, incidentally, I just quoted Romans 3.23 and Romans 3.10. We're going to Romans 5.12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So th this is not saying that everybody has cussed, smoked dope, and you know committed adultery. That is not what it's talking about. It's talking about all have sinned in Adam. His sin was our sin. We were not able to escape it. And so, so, so there was really, again, no hope for humanity. In Romans 5, 17, um, 18 and 19 in the New Living Translation, it says this. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So the, both, both the good and the bad news now is that sin passed upon all men through one man. The good news is that means that one man can take it all from us. And Jesus Christ is called the second Adam because of it. Jesus Christ had to be 100% God and 100% man. Bypassing natural birth, God planted in Mary's woman, womb, the, the woman's seed spoken of from way back. So, so we see uh, the immaculate conception of a, a, a non-tainted, sinless being, the God-man 
Emmanuel, meaning God with us, the God-man, Jesus Christ, was able to rescue us. And so being sinless, um, he was able to take our sin on himself, go down into that horrible place of hell, finish the work, and, and suffer the full penalty of our sin, arise from the dead, and sit down at the right hand of God. Now, whosoever comes to him, we can escape that just penalty that all of us deserve. And I don't care if you're raised in church, never cussed, never smoked weed, never did a drug, never pimped, never, never, never. If you're not born again, you're going to hell. Because you're dead. There's only one way you can come alive. And that's through him. If being good could do it, he wouldn't come. If just being so-so could do it, he wouldn't have had to have come. If you think water baptism does it, then you would not have had to come because an H2O gets you saved. Do you understand? Water baptism doesn't save you. Water baptism is simply a, an outward expression of what has taken place in you in the redemptive work with Christ because we have died with him and we have been raised with him and seated with him. That's what wa that water baptism represents. It is not redeeming you. It is just saying this happened. There is no other way to come to God to be born again other than through faith in Jesus Christ. The work of Christ is the only access to heaven. Other religions say they got it. They got it this way and that way. I talked to a backslidden transvestite. I know that sounds weird, huh? He was a Christian preaching the gospel when he was in junior high. And he backslid because of bad relationship with fathers. And, and, and uh, here he was talking to me <laughs> outside of my home. And he said, you know, there's many ways to God. And I said, do you really believe that? Because he's a backslidden Christian. Do you believe that? Jesus is the bridge, I said. And he said, well, there are many ways to the bridge. I said, well, maybe you could say that. But one thing's for sure, you can't get across the chasm without Jesus. And you might have got to the end of the bridge some other way, but you won't get across but through him. And he agreed. And then I want to say, so what are we doing? Calling yourself a girl, dating my neighbor who is a girl, and you a dude. Somehow the enemy got in because of hurt and bitterness. That's what, what happens to people. When we are hurt, bitter, it is not good. It's poison. But Jesus... Made the way. He's the bridge. If you're sitting in this room and you're a child of God, it's because of him. There was no other way. And it's the woman's seed. He became a man, 100% man, 100% God, went to the cross for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So in, in verse, uh, Romans 5 and verse 18, it says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Everybody say righteous. Hallelujah. So that means if you are born again, if you're a child of God, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means you are righteous. You can't get more righteous. 
You are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because either you are or you're not. And we know that uh, what God did through his son is, is a permanent thing. When you get saved, when you get born again, it's permanent. Woo! Thank God. It's eternal. Isn't that something? And he not only saved you and rescued you, but he connected you to the entity of the church. We are his body. Woo! And it's just mind-boggling. And I keep, I, I keep thinking I, I might know something about that. And then, boom, something new. But, I mean, literally, he has chosen to show not only this world, but the beings of heaven and, the, and eternity, which creatures, we, we can't even fathom. There's, there's some creatures in heaven that are just amazing. That one of them flies around the throne and has eyes all over its wings, eyes all around its head. And it flies around the throne room of God and says, holy, holy, holy. As far as I can see, he's holy. Holy, holy. These beings, these creatures, uh, whatever they may be and however many there are and, and whatever aspect of heaven, angels, angelic beings and creatures, all of them, everything, forever, he has decided to show them all who he is through us. That is hard to get my head around. That he is so joined to you that he has decided to use you to show every being, creature, who he is, the many-faceted glory and magnificence of God. You are not just human anymore. This is the new you. He brought you out of being alienated from God, being dead spiritually, ruled by pride, following the passions of your flesh and unrenewed mind. You did that before, but not anymore. It's the new you. It's the new you. We are not of this world and we are not to conduct ourselves as such. We are aliens. We are from another world. This is not our home and it won't be. We're leaving the thing behind and it will burn with fervent heat. God has commanded you to rise up to the great place he created you for. And then we need you to do so because it's that much, that's important for you to do it. God placed a premium on your life when he took your sins, placed them on his son and shoved his son into hell. And he suffered the full penalty of your sin is because you are that valuable to him. You individually, yes, I'm talking corporately, but you individually. You can't play this off like you're just somebody else. No, you are in the middle of it. You're a part of it, and you are an important part of it. So I need you. I need you. We need you. We need you to recognize your position and understand the new you. Praise God. And so Jesus literally had, had taken that place that we deserve to take so that we could get in his place. Literally, we are seated in heavenly places. In him, at the right hand of the Father. We are in a very powerful position. Woof. And Adam, you know, he told Adam, he said, take dominion. That means he could. He had authority over demons and darkness and Satan. He gave it all to Satan. All of his authority over all the creation of God. He turned over to Satan. And now, though, we, this new man who we are in, in Christ Jesus, we are this new species, new being. 
And we are actually more powerful now than we ever were. In Adam, we, we died. Now in Christ, we live. Much greater is the gift of righteousness than the damages of sin. You are not just a human. You are an offspring of the Most High God. Praise the Lord. And so we do not tolerate the enemy coming around us. Nee, 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 nee. Did God really say? Yes, he really said. Yes, he did really say that. He said that I have died and my life is hid with Christ in God. It's no longer me. See, we could not fix that old you. You could not be refurbished. We can't just tune you up. We had to do away with you and make a new you. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and, and 15. This is the New Living Translation again. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to their fear of dying. Everybody say, I'm not afraid. This is so liberating. When you're not afraid of dying, oh my goodness, I just was in uh, Alexandria, Louisiana um, at a meeting with uh, Pastor Mark Hankins. Uh, had a supernatural relationship meeting down there and there was people from all over the world, really. And uh, I like hanging out with the uh, missionaries because they got cool stories. I love hearing their stories. So, so, uh, so they were telling me about something that took place in Indonesia, which is intriguing because my dad... Um, was born in Indonesia. He's not Indonesian, he's Dutch, but Dutch Shell colonized uh, Indonesia and uh, pretty much harvested the oil and helped uh, uh, there. But my grandpa was a worker for the government. My dad was born on that island, uh, Jakarta, I think. And uh, so, so, so I'm very intrigued about Indonesia. And it's been, as we know, dominant Muslim, you know, and horrific things happen to pastors there. And, and so they're telling me about this, this uh, missionary who who got in his heart that he was supposed to go to this island, uh, which everybody knew was uninhabited. Why would you go out to the island? Why would God call you to an island with no people? He's like, I don't know. So a person over him in ministry, he said, will you pray with me? Because I, I don't know why I keep getting this. And the guy said, yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. You're supposed to go to that island. So it took a while. They got a, they got a charter. They go out to the island. And... Uh, they get out, he gets off the boat, and all these people come out of the jungle. And they're going to kill him because it's a terrorist training camp. They can't let him live because they, then people would know they're there. And he said, well, you know, before you kill me, uh, can I pray for you? And they said, well, funny, you should ask. Our leader is sick right now. Take me to your leader, and then you could kill me. Not an interesting thing for a missionary to say. And so he goes to the leader, lays hands on him, you're sorry, he's healed. The whole group gets born again. The whole group goes to the other islands that no one knew about where other terrorist camps are. Terrorist, terrorist camps are getting born again, getting saved. Uh, and another story, uh, one of the missionaries go to one of those camps, they cut his head off. They cut his head off. Well, psh. well, there you go. Left a little bit of skin. 
Well, over there they have, you know, uh, for a person, you know, their religion and customs, you, you have to bury a body correctly for it to be at peace in the afterlife, okay? So they gathered up, you know, the, everything, put it, you know, and one of the guys is dressing it up, sewing his head on. He sews his head back on, and he gets up. This missionary <laughs> gets up. He gets up. He said that he was in heaven, and Jesus said, what are you doing here? This was, this is what the missionary said. He said, he saw Jesus. He said, what are you doing here? Get back down there. And he said, he said then he sat up out of a coffin, you know, that the guy was putting him in. And, and uh, you say, well, is this substantiated? Yes, because um, one of the missionaries um, was in Singapore, Jasmine, and, uh, and uh, it's Rama, Singapore, and uh, their, their people um, actually said, that man is here in Singapore. The one who had his head sewed back on. And, he's, and there's a scar around his neck. He testifies, yeah, this is what happened to me. <laughs> Crazy stuff. And more, I, I, I could spend the morning talking about the miracles that are going on in Indonesia and the people that are coming to Jesus. And, and God loves terrorists. He doesn't like them being terrorists, but he loves everyone. And we got to be quit being afraid of somebody misunderstanding us or rejecting us at McDonald's. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and I don't stop when they say, I don't believe any of that. Like, perfect, then I'm in the right place. And we lay hands and we minister and we show them his glory. Amen? Because we're a different species. We are a different being walking around in the earth, showing this earth what he looks like. Glory to God. Man, I don't have no death wish, but I sure would like to go where it's just a little bit hotter than America. <laughs> now, I'm way past, you know, people, you know, hurting my feelings, you know. They're lost. They don't know Jesus. They're still dead spiritually. And they do what dead spiritual people do. They just do. They follow the dictates of their dead hearts and their flesh and unrenewed minds. But we are not like them. We have compassion towards them, though, as a result, because I once was them and could have easily still been or dead or in hell. I am thankful and grateful that God brought me out of darkness. Hallelujah. Don't let Satan hold you in restriction. Because of your past, you are not that person. He or she is dead, gone, annihilated. And you are now a new being. God placed a premium on you, a value on you. People say, oh, you know, salvation is free. No, it ain't. It costs the greatest price ever paid. It's free to me, but Jesus paid. I'd like to rise up and act like him. First John says, if we don't, the question is whether you're saved or not. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of strong. You don't live like Jesus did. Read it. First John. There's people preaching a message that are trying to take First John out of the Bible because it doesn't agree with their version of grace. But listen, there still is a thing called repentance. There still is a thing about the blood and asking God to forgive us if we step outside of, of certain things. So don't live in condemnation. Just get out, get back on the track. Get in. Amen? Hallelujah. God loves you, cares about you. Amen? Hallelujah. So then um, in uh, 
John 3, 3, we know the scripture for Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is the new you. Jesus is saying, unless you're refathered from above, you won't see the kingdom of God. Refathered. Wow. Uh, well, see, Satan became Adam's father. When he sinned, therefore Satan has been our father. If we were dead spiritually, he was our father as well. Because there's only two spiritual fathers. There's the father of the dead and the father of the living. And Jesus is saying for him, God, the father, to be your father, you have to be born again or re-fathered from above. And so, so we understand this principle that when we received Christ as our Lord and Savior, so receiving Christ or, or receiving eternal life, being saved, being born again, these are all synonymous terms. They mean the same thing. And uh, there are three different aspects of this. Just let me throw this out. Is that there is that you are born again. In other words, uh, you can't get more saved than you are. You can't get more righteous than you are. You are either saved, born again, and righteous, or you are not. There's not a level of it. But spiritually, we are and have everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. We're fully furnished, thoroughly furnished. Right? For the fullness of the Godhead dwells in bodily form, and we are complete in Him. Y'all with me? I hope I'm not going too fast. So spiritually, we're saved, born again, right with God. Mentally and emotionally, however, and this is where people get confused, is it says in the Bible, it says, In your patience, possess ye your soul, and work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That is not a contradiction. It's talking about your soul. Uh, how many of you came into the program with soul trouble? Soul trouble. You can imagine if you smoked weed from the time you were 12 until you were 19, I came into the program missing a few brain cells. And that's not including all the other stuff, alcohol and drugs and other things. And so I, I, I didn't even remember what I had for breakfast. And so once I got in, inside of the kingdom and once I got God's life in me, that life started welling up and the word began to work in my soul. And my intellect began to increase and in so much that I, I, would, I, would install, I installed our sound systems and soldered things and did things that many people don't know how to do and I learned how to do that and, and was instrumental in putting in our first network system of computers in the church. And so God just changes, every, this changes everything. Praise God. If you feel like you're not very smart, just hang around God. The Holy Spirit will make you look like a genius. I'm telling you, uh, uh, people like, uh, many of you know George Washington uh, Carver, isn't that right? Uh, That we know him as the peanut butter man, right? He, he, He asked God, you know, how did he create the universe? And God said, you would explode if he told him that. And then he, he worked his way down. I guess he was, I don't know, he's like, the, well, how about the galaxy? You know, or what, what about, you know, <laughs> our solar system? And he worked his way down, all the way down to a peanut. And he said, I can show you about the peanut. And, and uh, Ford, you know, Motor Company, they wanted him to join their company. They really wanted to exploit his knowledge and understanding and, and, and uh, um, they were wondering, why don't you cash the checks we're sending you? And he said, man, if I cash those checks. Because they were saying, hey, you could help your people. Because he was very much about helping uh, the black community. And he said, man, if I cash those checks, I'll forget about my people. He just wanted to spend time with God. Came up with hundreds of things to do with a peanut. Can you imagine? 
hanging out with God, just spending time with God. That was his love. Can you imagine what we could do if we become addicted to hanging out with God? Hearing his voice, following his lead. Amazing. Heard a story of a man who uh, um, was business and he, he just failed miserably in business over and over again. He had a degree in college, business and all that. And uh, he went to his pastor and said, Pastor, what, what do I need to do? And he, his pastor said simply, he said, just read one proverb a day. One proverb a day. And he said, you'll be a millionaire in five years. And the guy said he was wrong. I was a millionaire in two years. Reading one proverb a day. That might want you step up your game. Isn't that right? Glory to God. Hang out with God. Hang out with his word. You are a peculiar people, a different species. And none of us are exempt. Every single one of you have this amazing call in your life. And you think, well, man, I've, I've gone through so much. I thought maybe, you know, that God was mad at me or something because I go through some stuff. Listen, that just means that your calling is just all the more valuable. Satan can't let you go and do whatever you want to do. So you just need to see who it's coming from and put your foot on his neck. Because the devil wants you to believe that you deserve this. No, no, you've made some mistakes. Oh, my goodness, who in this room hasn't made mistakes? We are amongst the mistake makers. Have you ever made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Of course you have. I think that George Washington Carver is, is, is actually responsible for the survival of the United States of America. <laughs> PBJs have kept us alive. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. You know, when your mom and daddy won't feed you, that's what you got to do. You know, make, make, make. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God will bring us up into a glorious place. Recognize what he's done for you. Recognize who you are. It's the new you. Your old you is gone. You make a mistake, real simple. Father, forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. Don't live in the mistake. Don't let this world control you. Don't let things control you. Because you've been separated. You are the circumcision. A lot of people, we don't like to think about that because that, well, that's kind of weird. Can we just think about something else? Is there another scripture I can use? You are the circumcision. That means all of the dead things, all of the things that once controlled you, all of the things that are negative, all the things that cause you to not be a success, those things have been severed from your life and they have no effect on you anymore. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, he that man in Christ is a new creature, a new species, a brand new being. Whew. I tell you what, church, we have got to come to this place that every day that we see ourselves in him and recognize our position. Because it's from that knowledge and understanding of who we are in Christ that we are effective.